her if you've been attending MOPS for at least this year. Um, she is an awesome mom of um, three little boys that um, some of you have also probably run into. And she um, is just a wonderful woman of God. And we asked her to talk today um, about the mom she was before she came to MOPS and the mom she was when she kind of started her journey as a new mom versus the mom she is today and kind of the change that has happened in her life as she's journeying through that. So her oldest, I believe, is he eight or nine, Lacey? Um, your old, ten. See, she's, she's been at this for longer than I have. So <laughs> she's an awesome mommy. She's hands-on. Um, her kids are awesome, and, um, and I've gotten to know her through this organization, and she's been plugged in here for a while. She um, is an example of what years of being in MOPS can do to encourage you and grow you and connect you to other moms, and I know that a lot of her circle of friends are moms that she met here and that she continues to be connected to here, and so we really wanted her to share that journey with you. And so without further ado, Lacey Sanford, if you could come share. Well, thank you guys so much for that introduction. Um, I am so nervous. So if you guys see me up here shaking, just send up a prayer for me. So when I was asked to pray about whether or not I would be willing to share my testimony, I'm going to be honest and let you know that I wanted to think of a million reasons why I couldn't. Uh, it's not the easiest thing for me to do to stand up here and share openly with you guys about some of my most uh, personal experiences. I felt like um, Moses in the Bible, um, God called Moses uh, through a burning bush. And he was wanting to ask Moses, or he actually was wanting to tell Moses, <laughs> to go and speak uh, to Pharaoh on behalf of the Israelites. And Moses um, came up with several reasons why he couldn't do it. <laughs> he said, uh, God, who am I that I should go? And later in Scripture, God um, was still telling him, you need to go. Go to Pharaoh. And, and Moses said, but I don't speak well. Uh, some people interpret that Moses maybe had a stuttering problem shaky voice like you're hearing right now. And finally, uh, Moses just came out and told God, Lord, just please send someone else. During the few weeks of me being asked to speak, before replying to Charlene that I would, this was my conversation with God, back and forth. However, as God assured Moses, he assures me that he will help me speak, and he'll teach me what to do, and in this case, say to you guys. Um, so with that being said, I am humbly here before you to share my story, and I have prayed that the words that I share will not be my words, but his, spoken to you today, so that you guys might be blessed and glorified. So I'll begin. Just like every good book written, every story told, we all have a beginning, a middle, and an end to our life timeline. In a Christian's life, our story has a but before God, and then a but God. And I heard my pastor recently put it this way. It's like the blind man in the Bible. I was once blind, now I see, and he's the one that did it. So in the lifetime of a Christian, timeline of a Christian, it's, it's a before God uh, and how our life looked before knowing him savingly and to what our life looks like now after we have um, submitted to him as Lord and Savior. Some of our before Christ beginnings can be very dark, 
When we hear Christians come out of those situations and bondages from sin, we stand amazed at their stories. And we, perha- we feel perhaps sometimes that our stories don't quite have that wow factor. I remember attending uh, a few years ago a local church event where they had brought in the musician from the hard rock band Corn. He had a very, very dark past of drugs and sex and alcohol. But then he had his but God part two of his story, and he has since professed to being a Christ follower. He goes on in his testimony to share the way that God has used and transformed his life for God's glory. And we sometimes walk away from hearing those testimonies, and we think, wow, what a darkness to light story. And sometimes we can then think of our own testimony as maybe not having quite the significance of something like that. The truth is that all of our Christian testimonies are darkness to light stories. We are born into sin. We're all living in sin, bondage and slave to it. And by God's amazing grace, he calls us to salvation out of the darkness, and he shows us the light. So we can all gasp in awe of every single Christian testimony and praise him for the saving power. With that being said, I would like to begin with my before Christ story. I never remember a time when I didn't know who Jesus was. I attended church. I lived in a family that did not deny Christ. We celebrated Christmas as Jesus' birth and Easter as his resurrection. I knew Jesus was the Son of God and that he came to earth as written in Scripture. I recited these beliefs every Sunday in church through our confession of faith. It was always words that I could recite in unison. I could still recite it to this day with our congregation. But until I accepted Christ as my personal Savior, those words didn't really sink in and resonate. I was a typical teenager, if there is any definition of one. I went to college. I had my share of experiences there. And I met my husband in my second year. As the story goes, we fell in love. We got married after his college graduation, and that's the next slide. We had a beautiful wedding in the church where his grandpa attended for years, and we began attending as a married couple there as well, and it was partly due to just uh, I felt obligated to, to attend there because they hosted our beautiful wedding. He landed a great job after college, and we began our happily ever after. We were successful by the American definition. Michael had a great paying job with full benefits. I was working as well at a bank. We began chasing the American dream. Well, the next step in the picture-perfect family was a baby bump, and after three years of marriage, we had our first child, and it was a son named Evan. He's my 10-year-old. I had planned to take my 12-week maternity leave and go back to work, but this begins the first brushstroke of God painting his story for me instead of me holding my own brush. On the day I was to return to work, I ugly cried until I could not breathe, (laughs) and Michael had to call the babysitter and tell them that we would not be needing their care. (laughs) I then had to call my boss and tell him I would not be coming back to work. He was thankfully understanding, and he told me that he was happy for me and sad for him. So there I sat on the first day of my decision to be a stay-at-home mom, just me and my three-month-old. I was feeling a little bit overwhelmed, emotional thankful, sad, scared all at once. So as the weeks of being a mom continued, I felt a need for community. My cousin had told me about mops, that it was something that she enjoyed through her years of raising little ones. 
and that she thought I would like it too. So I, I Googled it, and I was not connected to Cape Bible Chapel at that time. Um, so I showed up here, like many of you guys, uh, for the first time, not really knowing what to expect. I had no idea that day how the MOPS ministry would bless me and lead me to knowing Christ savingly. As I continued attending the monthly meetings, God began using the people uh, that were sitting around my table in beautiful ways. I could tell that there was something different about those ladies, and I was admiring them, and I just couldn't quite figure it out. There was something um, that resonated inside of them that I, I, I wanted to know more about. Many of them would share around the table their discussions about um, their struggles, their trials, uh, the ways that they parented, their marriage relationships. It was just in a light that stood out to me. They spoke with things like joy and peace and hope, and many of them went through some very hard things. I remember one lady in my group had to bury her three-month-old baby. Another was in the middle of a miscarriage. Uh, There were several adoption stories going on illnesses. But when they spoke of these various trials, they had hope and joy and peace about them. They stood out, and I knew that there was something different. During one particularly emotional monthly talk, uh, the speaker, and her name is Ashley Lipke, uh, she actually prayed for me this morning before she talked, um, before I talked, um, she shared how her daughter was expected to be born with a life-threatening disability. And the doctors basically gave her the option to terminate the birth or do what's called compassionate care, where you would birth the baby and and let the baby pass in her arms. The Lord used Ashley to speak right to me that day. Uh, Ashley chose the option of trusting her child to the Lord, and she birthed a baby girl who I think is about eight years old now and, and thriving. At the end of her testimony, we were silently praying, and we filled out these cards that we could check if we knew Christ if we needed to resubmit our lives to Christ, or if we wanted to know more about Christ. And with tears streaming down my face, I checked that last box because I wanted to know Christ as the ladies who spoke with such joy and peace and hope knew him. I knew that there was something that they had that I wanted to. Up until that point in my life, I knew who Christ was. I just did not know him in a personal, saving relationship. And here's some words that always hits me right here. Even Satan knows who Jesus is. Even Satan knows full well who Jesus is. Many of the ladies that I looked up to and admired, they attended church here at Cape Bible Chapel. And so I thought that if I wanted to be like those ladies, then I needed to start surrounding myself with them with true Christian ladies. Um, So I also marked the box wanting to know more about Cape Bible Chapel as well. After I marked that box, um, I was in contact with one of our MOPS mentors, and she invited me to church. And we attended our first Sunday at Cape Bible Chapel shortly after that MOPS testimony. And I will never, ever forget the message that I heard that day. The pastor, uh, Dan Green at the time, spoke a sermon titled The Beauty of Brokenness. And it went right to my heart, because the year that I had just experienced had been full of brokenness, and until that sermon, I did not fully understand just how God was using that for his saving work in my life. So I'm going to backtrack just a little bit. 
In 2009, I became pregnant with our second son. I went in for a routine ultrasound at 20 weeks. And I remember just sitting in that waiting room, talking to Michael. Uh, we were talking, well, is it going to be a boy, a girl? We just, we said, and I'll never forget, well, so well, we don't care what it is. We just want it to be healthy. And we did not expect in the least that our baby would be anything but. Well, after our ultrasound, they had us go into a room because the doctor wanted to talk to us. He calmly came in and sat down and proceeded to tell us that the ultrasound showed some markers for Down syndrome. At that point, my mind turned off as he went on and on, and I stayed stuck in his last sentence. I had missed all the information about probability and statistics because having a baby with disabilities was just not part of my plan, and I was selfishly afraid of how much this would change our lives. I went home with an appointment for a referral to a specialist in St. Louis. We had planned on eating lunch after the appointment to celebrate our news of pink or blue, and all I wanted to do was just go home. And that began the many hours of Googling and researching all that I could about all the markers that they had detected. Because I felt that the more I could read and hear about the ending stories, the more that I could have control over my situation. And this was the first trial of that year that God used to show me who he was. God is in control, and God is sovereign. And that's my next slide. In Isaiah 45, uh, 6, verses 7, that people may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other I form light and I create comity. I am the Lord who does all these things. I began feeling a need to ask for prayer requests over our situation, and for the first time in my life, I prayed with a group of ladies together in our MOPS meeting. The first time in my life that I'd ever prayed with other people, besides the church uh, Sundays. It was powerful, and it brought such peace. My pregnancy went on. I had days where I felt such anxiety over the outcome, and then days when I felt his peace. He was showing me who he was, the source of peace, and I was beginning to let him work in my life. I began craving scripture. I mean, it was just a craving deep in my soul. And I would read bits of it here and there in verses. And my mentor mom had given us a stack of scripture cards, and I remember just flipping through those scriptures standing in my kitchen and just re- reading those words from God and just realizing that that was, that was the source of peace and that was my hope and that was my comfort. Um, that was my first taste of God's word speaking right to me. By the end of the pregnancy, I was feeling more at peace and I was ready to meet our baby boy. That was due mid-July. Um, that's the next slide, I think. Actually, no. It's not. You could leave it there, though. (laughs) Eight months pregnant, early June, God used a second trial to further show me who he was. I got a call from Michael mid-afternoon on a Friday. He had just told me, he had told me that his boss from corporate had come down from his branch and wanted to meet with him. Michael was let go from his job that day. He was in the housing sales industry The economy was tough that year, and they chose to cut his position. 
He was told it was strictly a business decision and to not take it personal. But at eight months pregnant, when your husband is the sole provider, you take it personal. (laughs) In my sinful pride, I had assumed that you only lose your job if you were lazy or unethical or if you did a bad job. And I had poorly judged the unemployed prior to our personal experience with this. He came home that evening, and the weight of the world was on our shoulders, it seemed. We were one month away from bringing home a second child, and we were jobless. The Lord used this trial in beautiful ways. He began to show me that he is the provider, and that the security that I had been placing my trust in before were self-made things. A good job, a savings account, a steady income, success. God showed up over and over and over again in those weeks by providing Michael with some self-contracted carpentry jobs to bring an income. A neighbor hired him to do some home improvements. Another friend referred him for a siding job, and someone else hired him to build a deck. And he used the skills that God had given him by working beside his dad in previous years to provide for our family. Also during this time, family would bring us groceries to fill our refrigerator, We received a severance check that covered the exact amount, almost to the dollar, of what um, our insurance COBRA premium was going to be, which is very expensive. And that would um, provide our insurance and our medical needs past the delivery. We had paid a little bit enough on our mortgage that we never, ever missed a payment. We trimmed every excessive expense, and this was so good for us. The next slide is, uh, I think, yeah. Um, no, one more. Or don't no, back, back. Um, it, it's when Paul talks about being content with living in every circumstance, every situation. And that's what we were, that's what God was doing in our lives. He was stripping me of um, the control of thinking that everything had to be self-made. Um, he, he just stripped us down to realize that he was the provider. I remember the first time we went out to eat after our job loss, once he had a steady income again, and I had never, ever been so grateful for that meal out. We went to Dexter Barbecue in Jackson, and it tasted so good. God carried us through that trial. He provided as he always does, and he showed me more of who he was, my provider. Uh, yes, there we go. In Matthew 6:31, um, it says... So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. And then there's the next slide. July, our baby boy was born. We locked eyes and I cried. He was born without any concern for any abnormalities. And I knew in that moment, however, that there's no way that I could love this child any less than if he had been born with disabilities. God showed me to trust in him. Those babies that we birth are his, and we're giving them just for a little bit. God can really draw us to him in motherhood. We find out that everything that we thought we had control over in our lives is really beyond our control. The pregnancy and birth of Lane, my middle child... (laughs) who continues to bring me to my knees in prayer every single day, (laughs) drew me closer to the Lord, and for that I am so thankful. So 
thankful. Soon after the birth of Lane Michael, soon after the birth of Lane Michael, that is his middle name, Michael, my husband, was able to find a job as a regional manager for Pepsi. And although we knew that it would not be a career, it provided a steady income that was able to support our family, so he began employment again, and we were thankful. As I was learning to lean on God through the trials of my pregnancy and Michael's job loss, I began a Bible study with Brooke and some friends who I now know and love as my sisters in Christ. Brooke had invited me to her home for her weekly Bible study when we had ran into one another at the park. She had recognized me from Mops, and we struck up a conversation which led to the invite. And that's the next slide. I had never before been invited uh, to a Bible study, and I was a little bit intimidated to go to a lady's home who I hardly knew with other girls that I didn't know at all, but I very much desired that fellowship. So my weekly Thursday night Bible studies that God used to open my heart even more to who he was and why he sent his son for me. It humbles me to know now that I'm sure that I was being prayed for by those ladies. They were praying that my ears might hear, that my eyes might see, and that my heart would receive Jesus as my Savior. In Romans 10, 17, it says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. And through those Bible studies, I was hearing the gospel message for the very first time. The last trial of that year is the hardest to share. However, it is what God used to show me not only who he was, but why he had to send his son for me, and the amazing grace and the power and forgiveness. By fall, the stress of the year was heavy upon us. We had a new baby, a job that was causing Michael to travel a lot, and our marriage was suffering. While I was growing in my Christian life and getting filled and surrounded by women and the word through Bible study, Michael was run down and left empty. It was as if we were at a fork in the road and we were heading in two separate directions. Without sharing some of our most personal parts, our marriage suffered a trial that Satan wanted to use to destroy us. He wanted no more than to see another family broken and destroyed. I feel no doubt Ladies, that families are his biggest target, and we are up a mighty, up against a mighty enemy, but our God is stronger. One day when Michael was traveling to work, he stumbled across a Christian radio station, which he never, ever used to listen to. So it was by God that he did. He landed on this. The message spoken that day caused Michael to pull over on the side of the road and weep. He heard God tell him, that he would never leave or forsake him. And Michael did not know that verse. That was God. On the side of the road, Michael surrendered his life to Christ, and he received the beautiful gift of salvation. In God's amazing providence, he protected our marriage from separation. In our most hurtful and sad times during this trial, God allowed us both to see one another as Christ sees each and every one of us, broken sinners who need grace and forgiveness. I look back and I realize that God was in us during that most difficult time. In Genesis fifty twenty, it says, um, you intended to harm me, but God 
intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. He showed us both during this trial just how beautiful grace and forgiveness is. We examined our hearts and our minds, and we found ourselves to be broken, sinful people who desperately needed a Savior. Our sins broke our heart because we realized the consequences of them. We realized that it was our sins that drove those nails into Christ's hands and feet, and it was the burden of our sins that took Christ to the cross. It was not just about Michael's sins, but my own that caused many, many, many nights of tears. And it was such a beautiful thing when we both realized that we did not have to carry that guilt and that shame any longer. That through the blood of Jesus and the sacrifice that he made for us, that God would see us blameless and holy and forgiven. After a year of brokenness and trials, Michael and I both surrendered our lives to our Christ, and we began a relationship with him savingly. We both chose to be baptized as an outward profession of the inward change that had taken place in our hearts. And this was just a couple months after we heard the message on the beauty of brokenness during the Sunday that God used the Mops ministry to bring us to that pew. On the um, next slide, um, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. My but God, second half of my story is all about him. He has restored us in a way that is absolutely beautiful. While the Christian's life is not without trials, he daily floods us with his goodness. When two people who love the Lord are working together for his glory, his blessings flow. It has been eight years since our consecutive trials that led us both to a saving relationship with him. In James 1-2, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And that's the next one. It seems foolish to those who are not in Christ to consider your trials full pure joy. Looking back, I can tell you guys with 100% certainty that I praise God for leading me through them from darkness into light. Just last week, we had a terrible storm come through in the dark of the night. We live near Perryville where the tornadoes um, hit. And it seems like the worst storms always come in the dark of the night. In the dark, everything is intensified, and it seems that much more terrible and destructive. And I always grab my flashlight in the dark of the night when a storm is upon us. And I was thinking about this storm, and then I related it to our Christian walk. Various storms are going to come into our lives. Sisters, it's not a matter of if they come, it's when they're going to come. And as a Christian, when we face these trials, we are not going through them alone in the darkness. They seem a lot less scary when you have that flashlight when you have the comfort from the light, who is the true source. Becoming a Christian does not make us safe from the trials that we will occur in this life. Shortly after, in 2010, we lost our baby at 12 weeks old. The difference in the before Christ and the after Christ life is that I now have the peace and the love and the joy that only he can offer us, knowing that he works all things for good for those who love him. That's in Romans 8.28. Exactly one year 
and three days from the loss of our third child. That's the next slide. Jace Michael Sanford was laid upon my chest, healthy and strong, and he completed our family. In Deuteronomy 33 through 13, it says, God, your God, will restore everything you lost. He will have compassion on you. He will come back and pick up the pieces from all the places where you were scattered. And that is the redemption story. I didn't put this in the speech, but I just I feel led to share. Guys, the gospel message is as simple as this. We were... Um, we're born into a world of sin, each and every one of us. We all fall short of his glory. From the very first um, act of sin, when Adam and Eve sinned against God, we willfully chose to sin against him. Sin entered into the world. And because of that sin, there's a consequence, and the consequence is death and separation from our Lord and our Savior, our Creator. God did not have a part B when he, when he created his son Jesus as our Savior, Jesus Christ came to this earth to reconcile us with him so that there's not going to be a separation. And it does not take any, any works, any, anything that you can do on your own. It is a decision that Christ went to the cross for our sins to rescue us so that we can live and spend eternity with him. And it's as simple as that. It is my hope that in sharing my story that you might have a message of a sinner saved by grace. I did not know that I needed him, and I cannot now imagine my life without him, now and eternity. I pray that if any of you do not know Jesus Christ savingly, that you will receive him as your Savior, to not just know of him, but to know him. I pray that each one of you will boldly share your darkness to light story, because this world needs the hope that only he can offer. And the very last slide... The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. And that's found in Psalms. It's too small. I can't see the Psalm 156.3. And then the final slide. That's our family. <laughs> and then there's one more. For he chose, he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. That's from Ephesians 1.4. And I, I pray this upon you guys. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.